what a privilege it is to meet with the lord hallelujah hallelujah lord we want to say thank you we just can't but help but thank you lord because of who you are because of who you are lord we worship you for who you are Lord, we say that if you don't answer another prayer of ours this morning, that if no more blessings flow, we would still worship you. We would still worship you for who you are. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here this morning, Lord. Thank you for your presence here this morning, Lord. We don't take it for granted. We give you the praise, we give you the honor that you deserve this morning. And so much more. In Jesus name. Amen. Let's give God all the praise in this place. Amen. Amen. Let's lift it up. Let's lift up praise in the house this morning. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be lifted up. Come on, lift it up. Raise the roof in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, church. You may take your seats this morning. Amen. Amen. We, take our, we thank our worship team this morning for taking us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Church, it's good to see you this morning. Isn't God good? Isn't He good this morning? Hallelujah. It's good to be with you and an honor and a privilege to share the Word of God with you this morning. Pastor sends his love. He's, he's not here with us this morning. He's, he's down with illness this morning and we pray for supernatural touch from God, for complete and complete healing, a touch from the Master. Hallelujah. Church, the word has challenged me, specifically in this word. I, I, I made lots of jokes this week. Everybody, every time somebody said, are you, are you good? How's the word coming along? Who knows what a gif is? A gif, so on, on, on WhatsApps, I would send Jesus take the wheel uh, out to everybody. And it's no different this morning. Jesus take the wheel. Hallelujah. He's highlighted a few things, and I hear the words this morning, return to me. Church, throughout scripture, when you hear these words, it's usually in a prophecy that redirects God's people back to the heart of the Father. I believe that the Holy Spirit or the spirit of prophecy this morning aligns us and redirects us to what God's heart is. It takes the now, takes the now, and puts us on track with the future that God desires. Can I get an amen in this house this morning? In December, I preached on the church having a kingdom culture. Can, can anybody still remember that? And you will recall that on that day, there was a prophetic word that was shared with us, asking us to align to the frequency of heaven and putting us 
putting all distractions aside. Remember, remember that, Emmanuel? You got the image of a dish, you know, the DSTV. <laughs> that if we align ourselves, removing all distractions, we'll hear, we'll align ourselves to the frequency of God. Now, I am say this morning, return to me. 2020 and 2021 has been used by God to call us back to Him. Can I get an amen? amen? We know this, right? We know this. And as a prophetic people, we are not just to know it, but we are to take responsibility for what He desires from us. And to recognize the opportunity that he has given us. You see that not every generation hears and acts in obedience. Scripture is full of examples of generations that hear but does not listen and obey. Turn to your Bible. Zechariah 1 verse 1 to 6. This is what it says. In the eighth month... Of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Ido, the prophet, saying, The Lord has been very angry with your fathers. Therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return to me. Can you hear that, church? Return to me. What is this? This is a prophetic word that's being given. Return to me, says the Lord of hosts. And I will, what an awesome promise, I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers, to, him, to whom the former prophets preached, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts. Turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear nor heed me, says the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? Yet surely... My words and my statutes do, which I commanded my servants, the prophets. Did they not overtake did the word? Meaning that the word not overtake your fathers. So they returned and said, just as the Lord of hosts determined to do to us according to, your, to our ways and according to our deeds. So he has dealt with us. You see, church, there's a grace that has been given to us now can i get an amen? amen and let us not make the same mistake of passing up the opportunity to take responsibility for what he desires from us every generation has an opportunity but not every generation responds i want to say to you this morning don't miss it don't miss it you see, in this passage of Scripture, they did not listen to the prophets. So who did they not listen to? Let's just think about this for a second. They didn't listen to Isaiah. They didn't listen to Jeremiah. And they didn't listen to Habakkuk. All who warned them of what was to happen with the Babylonian exile. I'm here to say to you this morning that we serve a loving and gracious God, who is extending an invitation to us this morning and saying, what generations before us did not take a hold of, we can. 
Can I say that again this morning? What generations before us did not take a hold of, you and I can. It's an open invitation to us this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, we can. We can. (laughs) The message is titled, House of God. For many of us, the house of God is a known principle in that we know that we are through the work of the cross. Where is the house of God? We are the house of God. Amen? We are the temple of God. Word says it. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 and 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have from God, and you are not your own? You were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God. Did you hear that this morning? Did you hear that this morning? Glorify God. Did you hear him say all to the glory of God this morning? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The house of God. A place where God dwells. A meeting place where God meets us. A place where we meet and dwell together always. Always. Not just Sunday. Not just when we gather as the church. Always. How many of us know that God dwells within our hearts and is always concerned about the conditions of our heart? But for the house of God to be the house of God, there are certain things that have to be in place for without it, it would be a house of man. So what is a house of God? How do you know that a house of God is a house of God? Any suggestions here this morning? How do we know? We will see it. What will we see? Presence of God? Presence of God? Presence, power of God. What else do you see? When you think about the house of God, what do you you see present in the house of God? Fruit of the Spirit. There has to be altars. There has to be sacrifice and offerings for a house of God to be a house of God. You see, for God to dwell and to be evident, to see the fruit, to see the power, these elements have to be established. And if it's not, it has to be rebuilt as a condition to seeing the power of God on the earth established in us and working through us. What does the church have to have? Foundational element. Church, a house of God. It has to have altars, sacrifice, and offerings. Can we say that again? Altars, sacrifice, and offering. I am here to relay the message to you this morning that we are to build, rebuild, Remove altars that shouldn't be there as they present us, they prevent us from meeting with God and dwelling with Him every moment. Is there somebody that can agree here with this morning? 
So where, where do we see examples of this play out in the Word? If you've got your Bible with you, just flip your app open there this morning. 1 Samuel 14, 34 to 35. This is Saul. Then Saul said, Disperse yourselves among the people and say to them, Bring me here every man's ox and every man's sheep. Slaughter them here and eat. And do not sin against the Lord by eating with the blood. So every one of the people brought his ox with him that night and slaughtered it there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. This was the first altar that he had built to the Lord. You know, when I was reading this, what struck me the most of this about this passage is that this was way down the line of Saul's reign. It wasn't the first thing he did. He didn't build the altar first. You know what he was busy with? He was building his armies first. He was focusing on growing in, in his leadership. He was trying to please man first and what his desires were. He wanted an outcome that he saw. He was the people's choice, of course. Just think back about the story of the account of Saul. He was the people's choice. Pleasing man rather than God. God allowing him to reign although he wasn't his first choice. Later, he would remove his favor from King Saul and replace him with a man after his own heart. Saul wasn't like Isaac in knowing what his priorities were. This is what Isaac did. Are you with me this morning, church? Genesis 26 verse 25 says, So he built an altar there, and called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servant dug a well. So when you read the entire chapter, you know, where's the notebook? Notebook and pen. Take, take note of that chapter specifically. You'll see what happened there. When you read the entire chapter, he had, he had been blessed. Isaac had been blessed by God through his obedience to God and was very wealthy. He had sown into the, the Bible says he had sown into the land and he kept on reaping. But you know what he did? Every time he came to a new place, he moved from place to place. Every time he came to a new place, he built an altar there first. That's the first thing he does. Before you know, you know what? Before he gets on with his day job, am I am I talking to somebody here this morning? Before we get on with our busyness and our day job, he built an altar there. He stays near the altar so that he could meet continually with the Lord. What is an altar? It's the place where we meet God, where sacrifices and offerings take place. It's the place we meet God. Isaac knew that before he did anything, it is best to start with God. 
Isn't it like life sometimes? <laughs> let, me, let me make the example this morning. So let's say we go to a restaurant with God. And we start ordering from the menu. And we have a fantastic time and we have a five-course dinner. Order. The bill comes to God. He looks at it and he says, Hold on. I didn't authorize this. I'm not paying for this. You are. And he says things like, you didn't ask me. You didn't get my permission or authorization to order this stuff. I want to say to you this, this morning. You see, without the altar, nothing else matters. For us to be houses of God, altars have to be established for the house of God is where we meet Him. What if we prayed first? The altar of prayer. What if we prayed first to obtain authority for making decisions in our lives? Pray preventative prayers to problems rather than praying for problems after the fact. Like It's like making a 911 call. Eh? Hello, 911. I'm not sure. So, so can we... Can we can we you know, do away with the churchiness? I'm going to be transparent here this morning. This is what happens to me. It's like when you get calls from people. You see, the, you see the call identity. Where's my phone? You see the call identity come up on the phone and it begins to annoy you. Who knows what I'm talking about? Is it just me? <laughs> come on, let's be real for a moment. You know, the only reason this person is calling you is to ask you for money or to ask you for something. There's no relationship. There's no relationship. But you know when you see this call. It's like they don't see you. They only see what you can do for them. Can you, can you imagine that, church? We only... We, we don't erect altars of prayer. We only approach Him in time of need. So Renata corrects me and reminds me to be a good Christian and to answer the call. She prophesies over me, tells me to return to the Lord and to lay myself at the altar with loving grace. <laughs> Not in those exact words, of course. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Have you met my wife? <laughs> what if we give ourselves to the altar of prayer daily? First, it's sacrificial. It's being deliberate. A place where we offer ourselves on the altar of prayer. We are a church collectively praying right now, fasting together. Let us rebuild the altar of prayer or remove that that shouldn't be there. Like the altar of being self-willed. Did you know that you can have altars built and erected that has nothing to do with meeting with God? Did you know that? Yeah. 
I know sometimes we forget, right? So I'm, I'm the first one to say this is not no condemnation there this morning. Because sometimes you forget about these principles. You forget about doing these firsts in, in our lives. It's the same like with Noah. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. This is Genesis 8 verse 20, sorry. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of a man's heart is evil from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. You know the story. So what did he do? He blessed the land. Right? Because of the altar that was erected. He blessed the land. So there's blessing that flows from altars. So what happens the next season? Genesis 9 verse 20 to 21. And Noah began to be a farmer. And he planted a vineyard. Where? Where did he plant the vineyard? In the land that God had just blessed. A season later. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk. And became uncovered in his tent. Can I say, church, that sometimes these very blessings that flow from the altars of our hearts we can sometimes forget that we need to build, tend to it, rebuild altars daily. We sometimes become drunk on the blessings and don't meet with God at altars. I want to, I want to ask us this morning, what juice are, you, are we drinking? <laughs> we begin to make decisions outside of His will and we become drunk on the success we think we have fostered ourselves. We even, we even sometimes say, we put it down to mature, maturity. I used to meet with the Lord in the morning. I no longer have to because I've got revelation. I'm walking in revelation. It, we put it down to maturity. Turn to your neighbor and say, no how. Yo. We begin to rely on those gifts that flows from altars. The progress we have made we begin to see altars as something we erect in various seasons and not as a precondition for where we meet God daily, irrespective of the season we find ourselves in. We even refer back to it and say things like, do you remember when we built that altar back in the day? When God moved. <laughs> Why have we stopped have we forgotten church? Remember what he said to us at the beginning of this message. Return to me. We begin to forget that God blessed us. And start to believe that we can go into new seasons on our own. On the wings of blessings. Instead of the wings of the eagle himself. Noah started outright in one season. And forgot the next season. So I want to say this to you this, this morning. Every year, how many of us know every year in January the church fasts? Do you know that? 
Can I say to you, if you rely on that and that alone, it will never be enough. So we come as a church and we offer sacrifice. We sacrifice, we tie ourselves to the altar of fasting. We tie ourselves to the altar of prayer. We say, Lord, this is where I meet you. And then come February, it's like January runners. Have you seen them? Have you seen January runners? I was one of them one, at one stage. I'm not going to judge. But you see that person for the first time in January. And then come February, you don't see them anymore. You used to run at the same time. You, you meet each other on, on the road. You, the, the, the wave is usually out. Hello. But February, you're waving to no one. I want to say to us, church, let us not be January runners. Let's build an altar there and let's pitch our tent there like Isaac did. Do you know that sometimes God will ask us to tear down altars that were built by our fathers, mothers and previous generations? Like he did with Gideon. This is what he did. Judges 6 verse 24 to 27. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it's still in Oprah of the Abrizrites. I think that's how you, how you say it. Now it came to pass... The same night that the Lord said, said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is set beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement. And take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image. Do you hear what's going on here? That's significant. Tear down, which you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father, father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it at night. He was obedient. Did you hear the altar that was erected before his time? His father's altar. You see what the Lord asked him to do? Sometimes there are altars erected that we have grown up with. That has nothing to do with meeting with God. The chasing of wealth and pro prosperity. Mom or dad are never home because they're working their butts off. There's nothing wrong with this church, but perhaps it's an altar that's been erected. No blessing in it, but curses. Some generational curses need to crumble and fall, and in its place, altars for God need to be erected. The strong world, make things happen yourself altar that your father or your mother had built their lives upon instead of building it upon Jesus needs to come down. In its place, build those altars that glorify and honor God. 
you know what? We can forget to meet with God at our secret place, which is at the altar. The altars of our hearts. The secret place where only God and I meet. Where altars are established and consistently used for Him. Not for the blessing that flows from it. What we get out of it as a product is not even in focus. He is. If you want to see revival, we sang about it this morning, church. If you want to see revival, meet Him at the altar where sacrifices and offerings are made continuously and ongoing. Where we lay ourselves daily at the altar of prayer. You sacrifice yourself and bring offerings to the altar of worship. We've just done that. We strap ourselves daily to the altar of hearing God's voice. To the altar of reading His Word. And I want to say this to you. Sometimes this happens, right? And I want to say again, no condemnation. Sometimes this happens. Who's got a library at home? of books that you read right? you, sometimes those books can become an altar themselves instead of the word of God that we give ourselves to how do I know this because yeah, sometimes my own quiet time I just read a book I don't read the word of God and I'm saying to us I hear him say return to me what belongs to me where you and I meet The altar of service, where whatever you need, God, I'm there. I'm your man. Not because it's convenient or it's done on my own terms. Whatever you need, Lord, I am there. Not on my own terms. And not because I get a sense of fulfillment in doing this act of service. It's not about me, Lord. It's about you. And you know what? This is, this is reasonable. It's reasonable. It's not even over the top. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. It's reasonable. We strap ourselves and lay ourselves daily at the altar of Father to our kids. Priests in our home. Where these altars are built, established, and being worked all the time. That's why the Bible says... Train up a child in the way he should. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. What are, we, what are we training them? We're training them how to build altars. Last Sunday when we were praying as a, as a worship team in the back room here just before, before service, we got an image of a father holding a son's hand. And I remember quite clearly the, the words were, wherever the father goes, the son goes. And the son is not worried about where the father is going. He's secure. I want to say to you, in the week, Emmanuel, I think it was Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday, you, brought, you, you said you saw an image of a father holding a son. You weren't in the room with us. So I, 
want to say to you this morning, I hear the Lord say, this house will be a place where fathers will be reestablished to lead their homes as priests and to father the fatherless. Is there a yes in your heart here this morning? Building altars where we meet God and God meets us. This is a call to rebuild broken altars. This is a call to remove altars that has nothing to do with meeting God. It's about putting prayer first, not a 911. It's about putting the word first, his will first, his face first. Maybe there needs to be a demolition job this morning. First of all, the things we lay up as sacrifices and offerings to which it has nothing to do with God and rebuilding in its place. The Word is calling us this morning. Remember what the Word said earlier. The, The prophetic Word said, Return to me. Not every generation responds. The Word is calling us to return to God. Rebuild altars that make a house of God a house of God. Don't forget, like we sometimes can, and live on the blessings that flow from these altars. But these altars were erected years ago, months ago, and we had forgotten about it. We're living and walking in the, the blessings. Can I ask us this morning, I hear him say, break down altars that has nothing to do with me. Even the generational ones carried over. Build new ones in its place. The promise in the word this morning is, return to me and I will return to you. Every head bowed and eye closed in this place. Can we just allow the Holy Spirit to to minister to us right where we are? And if if it's you this morning that says, Lord, I'm responding. I, I am part of this generation that won't miss this. You've used a pandemic to get my attention. And I'm seeing it. If that's you this morning, I just want you to stand. Say, Lord, I'm responding. I'm building altars once again. I'm rebuilding. I'm tending to these altars once again. I'm returning. I'm coming back 
to the heart of the Father. I'm returning. I'm taking steps. I'm taking the pure elements, which is the earth, which are the uncut stones, and I'm starting to rebuild my altars again. I'm tending to the altars of my heart, and I'm putting you first. I'm putting you first. I don't use these things as tools. I don't use these things as tools to live my life. I use it to live life. It is my life. It's not a 10-point plan, Lord, that if I do A, B, C, and D, that blessing and favor would follow. It's not about that, Lord. It's about rebuilding those altars. There's somebody here this morning that says, I recognize a generational curse. Something that's been passed on from my father's father onto us as children. Raise your hand in this place and say, Lord, I'm breaking, I'm breaking down this altar right now. I'm breaking down this altar. Where I strap myself to this altar, but I don't meet you because it has nothing to do, to do with you and everything to do with everything else. Can I ask the worship team to come to the front there this morning? We're going to cre create a space and opportunity, and, and I want you to take the freedom that you have in the house this morning to lay at the altar yourself at the foot of the altar the altar is open here this morning right in front of your seat say Lord I am kneeling again at the altar your altar the meeting place and I meet with you this morning and I re actively remove I actively rebuild I actively change I hear you say I am returning to you, Lord.